Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged with the message today. Welcome to church. And we know the Lord has been faithful to you and me. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching us. You wouldn't be here this morning. He is a good God. Today is the 30th of January. Amen. We have been in this year for 30 days. Can you believe it? 30 days. We've been in 2022 for 30 days. The Lord is faithful. The way that the Lord spoke on the 31st, leading to the 1st of January, is still true, active, and alive, like a live wire waking in our lives this morning. And he will not change, he will continue to speak and emphasize what the Lord wants to do, he will do it. Because there's nothing that can stop him. They try to put a stone on his grave thinking that that is going to stop him. And, and, and a number of very powerful guards to guard his grave. But alas, on the third day he rose again. Nothing can stop him even in your life. Hallelujah. So today we will pray. Amen. Today we will pray, amen. I just want us to reflect back to the 30 days that we have lived in this year, in 2022. Sounds awkward, but it's true. And say, Father, thank you. Amen. And say, Father, thank you for the battles that you have won for me. Thank you for taking me through. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for making sense in my life. Hallelujah. He is God. He came through at a time you didn't expect. Maybe you received a phone call you never thought it would come. From someone you thought would never call you. But God caused it to happen. So he is good. This morning, our topic is, because we are praying, so I tried to find a good topic for you. So I shouldn't only tell you that we are praying, you would leave church, so I want you to stay. So our topic is handle with prayer. Amen. There are some goods we say handle with care. When you're handling them, you can carry them unlike the way you may carry other, other goods. Other goods, you can just carry them anyhow. If they fall, they may not break. But the other goods, they say handle with what? Care. But as Christians, we should handle everything with prayer. Amen. So we're going to handle everything with prayer this morning. Whatever we, we, we're going through, whatever is ahead of us, we're going to take it to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to handle it with prayer. Amen. So I'm calling you to prayer. I'm calling you to prayer just to take stock of what the Lord is doing and to continue to appreciate his faithfulness. And we will lead a text. Our main text today will come from uh, our brother James, not Makwakwa, but James in the Bible. So James chapter 5, 13 to 18, that's where we'll spend much of our time, but we'll go to other scriptures as well. But before we go there, I want us to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, and I'll lead uh, uh, in the NLT version. Amen. If you're there, like PM says, say amen. I know you can't cheat. <laughs> Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23, says, let us hold tightly, NLT, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Amen. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think 
of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and acts of good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. Amen? The writer of the book of Hebrews is reminding us, say, let us hold tightly. You can't hold on something tightly uh, if there are no forces fighting against you. Meaning, there are always forces fighting against me and you as we are holding on to this faith. This faith takes us to a battlefield every time. And says, let's hold tightly. Don't just hold anyhow. Hold tightly because there are always forces fighting against us. From standing in Christ, from holding our faith, we should hold on tightly without wavering. We should hold on tightly to the hope that we so much believe and affirm. And I like what the, the writer said there. Emphasis says, says, because God can be trusted. Amen. That's enough reason for you and me to hold on tightly to this faith. Because God can be trusted. God can be depended on. He's dependable. He does not say this today. And then tomorrow he changes. He says, May, I was just bluffing. I was just joking. He cannot give you a ta-da. He tells you the truth. He is God. So let us hold on tightly because our God keeps his word. He can be trusted. Whatever, whatever is, is, is happening in your life. You know, it might be, you, some of you might say this is too early for me to say this. Whatever we are going through right now, I want us to remember and know that God can be trusted. He, that, that is a powerful word. And if you can hold on to it, that God can be trusted. As you're entering into this week and say, God, I heard you can be trusted. I'm trusting in you. I'm putting my trust, all of my trust in you. Because he's a dependable God. He's a trustworthy God. And because we are now in the battlefield, the battle is in coming to be intense. We should always think of ways of encouraging one another. Of motivating one another. Because in this walk, you do not walk alone. I'm not a Liverpool fan, by the way. But I'm just trying to put emphasis here. In this battle, we do not walk alone. The Lord says, always think of ways that you can motivate your brother. You can motivate your sister to acts of love. Not motivate each other to wrong things. To acts of love and good works. Amen. And we should not neglect our meeting together. Meaning that we have a choice to choose to gather together or not. The Lord will not push us. There's, there's not, there's not going to be somebody coming to your house to say let us go and meet together. But we'll make a choice. We'll make a decision. Not to neglect our meeting together. Because some people do that. But when we come, we should encourage one another. Because when we come, sometimes we are challenged. Because of the, the battles we face. Because of the things we are going through. 
you might not know what your neighbor is passing through right now. That's why it is very important just to encourage one another. You may not need to know all the details. That is the work of the Lord. Leave it to God. Just encourage your sister, encourage your neighbor, and say it's going to be well. And pray for them. And mean it from your heart. Amen? Jesus canceled his disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. And uh, he's taught them to watch and pray. Let us just go there. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He knew the importance of prayer and he taught his disciples to say, you should do something. You should always pray. You should always watch. Amen. He says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to what? To temptation. For the spirit is willing. This spirit lives in you. He dwells in you. What Paul says is that we are the temple of the word or the Holy Spirit. So he dwells in me. For the spirit is willing all the time. All the time that he's telling you wake up and pray. He wants to pray. He wants to re-energize you. He wants to do something. But the body, this is Jesus saying, but the body is what? Is weak. Amen? So we should always watch and pray. That is why it is very necessary and very important for us to keep encouraging one another. Because when our bodies are becoming weak, when our faith is being tested, you might write on the encouragement of your brother or your sister. So Jesus knowing this, by the way, this is coming uh, from the context where Jesus had found his disciples sleeping when he had taught them to be praying. Okay? So he taught them, Tale ye here, I'm going up there, I want to pray a little bit more. And then when he came, he found them snoring and, and sleeping. And that's why he's telling them, say, no, guys, I trust you. I wanted you to pray with me. I want you to continue to watch and pray. Because I know deep down your heart, deep down in your life, the spirit is more active than your body. So though our flesh is weak, but we have the spirit that dwells, that make an abodement in our hearts that is more willing. So that is a plus for us. We should connect more in the spirit. And we are learning through that scripture that through prayer, we can overcome what? Temptation. Because it says when you pray, you will not give in to what? To temptation. So it's an equation that I wish I had a board here. I would have drawn an equation to say when we pray, what happens is that we defeat temptation. So through prayer, we can overcome any kind of temptation. Through prayer, we conquer territories. So when we say we come here and we are rising champions, these champions are taking territories as KICC. We are taking these territories through prayer. That's one way we also conquer territories. We pray any kind of prayer and we, all, we, we, we end up possessing territories. Our weapons as Christians, our weapons of warfare are not physical. That's why we can conquer what? Temptation. That's why we can conquer sin. Because our weapons of warfare are not physical. We do not depend on horses. Or chariots. Like David noted, says some depend on what? Chariots and horses. We do not depend on magic. Nor any, any incantation that comes from evil waters. 
We don't need to depend on any terms. Because our God is enough. Because Jehovah is enough. When we put our trust in him, when we pray in the spirit, when we pray in him, it is enough. You don't need to depend on anything else. Because when you depend on human beings, when you depend on people, they will disappoint you at some point. Because they are just being humans. But God, the ever-dependable God, we laid in Hebrews that God can be what? Trusted. We put our faith in God. We put our trust in God. He's the Alpha and Omega. Brother Martin laid a verse yesterday, and I want us to go there to the last book of the Bible. Just go to the last book of the Bible. Uh, you know it. Revelation. Revelation. I'll lead. Revelation chapter 1, I'll start to lead from verse 8, and I'll do some jumping there and go another verse. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Who is and who was and who is to come? The Almighty. Amen. If we go to now, let's jump to God verse 17. The one that our brother read yesterday during intercessions. And when I saw him talking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me. So Jesus laid his hand on, on, on our brother John, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hates and of death. Jesus has the keys over everything. Whatever, whatever, whatever you can think of, Jesus has the keys. So he's actually emphasizing and reminding us that you should not be afraid because the keys are with me. I can open and I can close. And no one else has got that responsibility apart from me. Alright. We are continuing to read there. So let's also go to the same revelation. Chapter 3. Verse 7. And I'll, I'll just read the verse I was mentioning here. This is to the angel of uh, the church in Philadelphia. He says, these things says he who is holy. He who is true. You know, our God is not fake. He told us he is dependable. He's, he can be trusted because he is true. And says, he who is true. He who has the key of David. Amen. He who opens and no one shuts. And he who shuts and no one can open. This is Jesus speaking to us this morning. That the keys that I have 
have so much power that when I open, no man can shut. No devil can shut. No spirit can shut a door that the Lord has opened. Amen? And talking about the keys of David, I want us to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 22, verse 22. Isaiah 22, 22, and he's a verse that you can memorize. 22, 22. Just to emphasize that point. Isaiah writing says, the key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder, talking of Jesus, so he shall open and no one shall what? Shut. And he shall shut and no one shall what? Open. That's the God we save. That's the God who is our Savior, who is the Alpha, who is the Omega, the one who has caused us to be in this room this morning. And he's speaking to you and me that what I open, nobody can shut. This might be going to you this morning, the Lord just assuring you that what I have started, I will finish. I don't start and then run away in the middle. When I start, because I have the keys of David, because I have the keys, I can cause anything to happen. Amen. So as we are still in the month of divine acceleration, because January is not over. Amen. Today is only the 30th. There's remaining another one. People say January has got many days. It reaches to 50th of January, to the 79th of January. That's a world. That's what they believe. We know January is ending tomorrow. But the Lord can do anything in this space. You remember there was someone being hanged with Jesus. In his very last seconds living on earth, he gained salvation. He didn't even take a day. He said, today, today, you'll be standing with me in paradise. The Lord can do anything because he holds the keys. He is not supposed to ask your neighbor or your wife or your husband for permission to do anything in your life. He's not a respecter of human beings. That's why he says in Hebrews that God can be trusted. Amen. So let's go now to our main text in James chapter 5. Remember we said we are handling everything with what? Not with care, but with prayer. So that's what we have come to here to, here to do this morning. James chapter 5. Are you there? Chapter 5, verse number 13. This verse came to me this week and I didn't have an idea of what was happening. Little did I know that the Lord was calling us for a work this morning. I tussled, I tussled a lot with the Lord over this scripture. I was, as I was driving after I dropped my kids at school, I stopped somewhere, I parked, and I couldn't drive. And I, I said a prayer to the Lord and he gave me this chapter. And when I laid it and went to lead back where it is coming from, from the book of uh, First Kings, talking about Elijah, I understood what the Lord was communicating to me. But I didn't have an idea that he wanted to share this more broadly to someone this morning. So James chapter 5 is number 13. It is starting with a question. The title there is saying, Meeting Specific Needs in NKJV. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him 
pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing with psalms or sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of who? The Lord. Are we leading together? Okay, I just want to be sure that we are leading together. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 16. Confess your trespasses. Confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on, that, uh, on the land for three years and six months. There's a reason why the Lord is allowing gems to be specific here. For 30 days and one more day remaining tomorrow, the Lord can do anything. You could have just said for three years. So for three years and six months, it did not rain when a mere man, just like you and me, called Elijah, prayed just by prayer. He handled it with prayer, not with care. Amen? 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Amen? So we'll take time to dissect a few of, the, of, of those passages and just lead us to prayer and for us just to appreciate what the Lord is doing in our lives. If we go to verse number 13, the first question the, 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 the Lord is allowing James to ask us, is anyone among us suffering in trouble? Suffering could be maybe your, your because th th there's another uh, text there on verse 14, being more specific, say, is there anyone among you sick? So suffering in verse 13 is not only talking about disease or sickness. Suffering could be anything. Maybe you're facing trouble, you're facing a turbulence, a storm in your life. There's something that's troubling you. Is anyone in trouble amidst us? And the Bible says, let them what? Pray. Amen. So that's why I'm saying I'm calling you to prayer this morning. We will pray together. Because the Lord is not permitting anyone to be alive amidst us suffering and go back suffering. We need to stand and what? And pray. Just like Elijah, a mortal man who said, there's not going to, king, there's not going to be rain. For what you have done, there's not going to be rain. I know I am a man full of defaults. I'm a man full of so many things you can say, Elijah, you can't speak to me like that because of what you've done yesterday. I'm a mortal man, but I'm going to fold my, my knees, raise my voices to heaven and speak to God and it's not going to rain. And it happened for three years. And how many months? Six months. It did not rain. A mortal man who prayed persistently, who prayed and provoked the anointing of heaven to shut the heavens for no rain. 
and it happened. There was no rain. Amen? If you go to Luke chapter 18 from verse 1 to 8, you will hear of a story of a poor widow versus a wicked judge. Amen? Luke 18. Luke 18. Some of these things, when you speak them, you are, you are maybe people don't really understand. Luke 18, verse 1 to 8, there's a story of a, of, 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 of a poor widow and a wicked judge. And he spoke of a parable to them that men always ought to what? To pray. And not lose what? Heart. Because God can be trusted because Jesus is true. Amen? So we always ought to pray. Saying there was in a certain city, it could be in Lilongwe. There was in Lilongwe a judge. Amen? There was in a certain city in Blanta. There's a certain city, wherever you are, there was, there was in a certain city a widow in that city. She came to the judge saying, get justice for me, for my adversary, for my case. And the judge would not for a while, for a long time. But afterward, said within himself, though I do not fear God, though I am wicked, I do not fear God, I do not regard or respect any man, yet this widow is troubling me very much. I will avenge for her. Lest she will continue to trouble me. Amen? This widow had a case before this judge. What did she do? She continuously troubled the judge for justice. Give me justice, I will not sleep. Give me justice or you will not sleep. And the judge says, I do not fear God. I do not respect any man. But what this widow is doing to me is robbing me of, of, of my peace. I will handle her case. I will give her what she needs. I will hear her story and I will, I will give her the, the justice. And Jesus said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own chosen ones, his own erect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that you avenge them speedily, fastly, right now. Amen. Jesus using this example of a wicked judge who does not respect God. Maybe sometimes when he's passing judgment, he would kiss God. That's why maybe the Bible is recording and putting emphasis. He did not have respect for God. And he did not have respect for man except the law. But the, the, the poor widow kept on bugging him. He kept on persistently bugging on his door until the judge said, for my sake, for my own peace, I will grant the desires of this poor widow. And Jesus says, look at what this judge said. What about your God? The prayers, the tears you've been shedding. What about your God? Do you really think that God will not hear your prayer or answer your cry? He can be trusted. Amen? There's another story here in Luke chapter 11. Uh, verse 5 to 10, and in NIV, they use a very, very uh, interesting uh, phrase. Um, NIV, let's go to Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 10. Luke chapter 11. 
there's a story of a shameless neighbor. I deliberately chose that phrase. The story of a shameless neighbor. Amen. And I want you to be shameless neighbors. Are you with me? <laughs> All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 10. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a flint, and you go to him at midnight, and say, Flint, lend me some bread talk. Lend me some bread. <laughs> Amen. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food neighbor to offer him. This is at 12 midnight, at 1 a.m. And this friend comes to your house. This is what Jesus is saying. And suppose the one inside, don't bother, uh, answers, says, neighbor, don't bother me. The door, as you can see, is already locked. Maybe you tried opening it. It is already locked. Me and my children are in bed. And we can't get up and give you the bread talk you are asking. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread. There's a mention of bread here. Because of the friendship. Yet because of your shameless audacity of this neighbor. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Not only the bread talk. He will also give you butter. He will also give you... Amen, my sister. You are getting it. <laughs> You also give you milk. You give you the cups, the spoons, and everything. Say, please don't come back. I am sleeping. Get the whole, the, the, the whole kitchen and, and, and make sure you take care of, the, of your visitor. That's why I said this is a story of a shameless neighbor. And it says, he will give you as much as you need. Not only what you are asking for. Amen. We might be here and praying to God and thinking, I, I, I offered that prayer on 1st January, on 31st January when we said we were taking over and all these things were coming here, all the euphoria was here and I prayed, God hate. We are reminded here that we should be a shameless person, a shameless friend, a shameless neighbor who doesn't give up but keeping on knocking on the Lord on the door until he opens. And I'm not teaching you to wake up by the way in the middle of the night to go to your neighbor and say we were taught to be shameless neighbors. I bet you'll be knocking until morning. Amen. <laughs> so please, that's a disclaimer. But we should be that shameless neighbor, that shameless person who can knock persistently before the Lord until we see something. That's where the story of Elijah makes much sense there. Because Elijah, as we have seen, prayed and prayed a little bit more until he saw a cloud like a hand of a man. And he knew the Lord was up to something. He will give you as much as you need. Not only what you are asking. We should have, as he says, because of your shameless audacity, the person inside will get up. He will say, you're troubling me and my children. Because we care so much. For us that we have got children, we care so much about the children. Some of them are so young, we, we, we have so much trouble making them sleep. So why should they wake up our children? We, we better just give them the whole kitchen and then they can sort themselves out and sleep in peace. Persistence in prayer is very necessary. I want to urge you this morning to continuously pray. To faithfully pray before the Lord. You don't need to stand in the market square and raise your hands and pray. Even pray in the secret place that the Bible says, He who sees in the secret will reward you publicly. What you need to do is to continuously pray. 
persistent in prayer. If you pray today and you think it is not working, pray again. If you prayed yesterday and you see you can't see anything changing, continue to trust on God because God can be trusted. He says, I'm the offer, I'm the omega. I can open for you. So here is a call to a shameless audacity in prayer. Prayer that does not give up. Prayer that continuously goes and does not give up. Amen. So I want us to continuously pray. I want us to continuously to trust on God. Whatever he said on January 1 still stands today. If you're not staying, seeing anything yet, continuously stand in prayer and say, Father, I trust on your word. I still trust on what you said. I still trust on, on your word and I'll continuously believe in you. Amen. We go back to our main text, James. Amen. James chapter 5. So he says, no, we should go to NKJV, not uh, NIV. He says, if you're suffering, if you're in trouble, you need to pray. If you're cheerful, if you have received good news, you need to sing songs. You need to praise God. You need to thank him. You need to appreciate what he's doing. Amen? You need to acknowledge what he's doing. And if you're sick, if you call on the elders, there's an anointing that breaks the yoke, not only of your sickness, but also a bonus. It also breaks the yoke of your sin. Amen? Amen. So James says we should confess to one another. On verse 16. He says confess to one another. Then pray for one another. Then you are healed. So that's the equation to healing. Confess my sins to one another. And we hold each other in prayer. And the Lord is going to heal our disease. He's going to heal our iniquity. He's going to heal our sin. In Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. There's something profound that the Lord is saying there. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. But he Whosoever confesses and forsakes the sin, the Lord will have mercy on them. You know, it is one thing to confess. It is another to forsake what you have confessed. Sometimes we confess because we want to just live in peace with our partners. Say, I'm sorry, I did that. Uh, it's okay, please forgive me. And we move on again and to do it again. And he says, if you confess, you need to forsake. Leave it. Don't go back to the vomit. Stand upright. And the Lord is going to rain healing on you. Amen. In James, where we have read in James chapter, uh, chapter 5 verse 16, that's the only place you read in the whole New Testament where the Lord is talking about, the Lord is allowing us to hear about us confessing 
uh, to one another. So something profound is being highlighted. That when we confess our sins to one another, it carries an anointing like any other. Sometimes our bodies get sick. Sometimes our bodies get afflicted because our souls are sick. Because our souls are so sick of unconfessed sin. When we come to confess that sick with one another, it unlocks the doors of healing in our lives. Sometimes the sicknesses we are traveling with is because of that hidden sin that we need to confess to one another or confess before the Lord. And therefore we cannot get better physically until we get better spiritually. Because if I have a sin that I'm keeping on hiding, I cannot anticipate to get better physically until the Lord deals with that sin deep within me. That is why it is very important as our brother is emphasizing that we need to confess the sin. We need to pray for one another and therefore it will unlock the, the door to healing. And remember who has the keys? And he's the healer. It will unlock the keys to our healing. Our spiritual healing. When God heals us spiritually, our health physically manifests. If that, that is not to say those arise, are, are being afflicted by sickness as sinners. That's why I said sometimes some of the sickness that we are being troubled with is stemming from the spiritual realm. Because our, our, our warfare, weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen? Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And when we deal with the spiritual, we deal with the physical once and for all. So it is better to deal with the, the, the spiritual first. That's why Jesus understanding this, he said, seek ye first my what? My kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all the healing, all the riches, all the everything that you can think of, what? will be added to you, will pursue you, will overtake you when you find the righteousness of God. When you find the hidden treasures of the kingdom of God. Amen? In Isaiah, in Isaiah 33, in Isaiah 33 verse 24, it says, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in, in that city, it will be forgiven of their iniquity. It will be forgiven of their sin. Amen? They will not say, I am sick. When they confess with their mouth. Why does confession matter? When we pray and we have a hidden sin, Pastor Sunga, over the, 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 the one of the, the listen, most listened uh, uh, faith clinic, he was sharing a scenario where when he was supposed to lead worship in church, he had a matter to attend to. According to the Bible, it says when you have a matter with your brother, you need to go and settle that matter first before you appear in my presence. And he gave us a very illustrative example that I, I had to, to say, I'm not going to go in there and lead worship until I settle the matter spiritually here and be able to pray and settle with my brother and be able to pray together and be able to say it is well with me and then I'll enter the church and say it is well indeed with me. Amen. It matters because sin isolates. When we have unconfessed sin, 
it isolates us. Remember the scenario of Adam and Eve. When they sinned, they got separated. They isolated themselves away. But confession brings us together to God. It brings us together. It brings us closer to God. Sin destroys. It destroys the unity that we have. In Psalms 133 says how good it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. But when they sin amongst the brethren, it destroys that unity. Until that sin is sorted, confession will bring in repair. It will repair what has been broken. Sin makes us sick. As we have seen on Isaiah chapter 33 verse 24. But confession leads to healing. Amen. So this morning I want us to spend some time as we'll be praying over some next minutes just to say Father thank you because of this revelation. And I want each, of, each one of us to take time to get rid of anything that is the sin that so ensnares us. That's the word of God, right? The sin that so ensnares us and be liberated. In verse 17 of James chapter 5, we see that an ordinary man, Elijah, stood in prayer and stopped the rain. Elijah was not a king. He was an ordinary man, just like you and me. And there's a reason why that, that description has been placed there. That Elijah was an ordinary man like you and me. Because you are ordinary. You consider yourself to be the rejected of society. You consider yourself to be the unforgotten of society. You consider yourself to have no name in society. And the Lord says, when you pray, I will hear your prayer. The one coming from the ordinary person, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to honor it. Because I did it in Elijah. Amen. All you need to do is to persistently pray. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly and it did not rain. And he prayed again and again and the heaven poured out rain. Whatever you're, you're, you're waiting for, whatever you're believing for, you're believing the Lord for, I'm here to remind you and tell you this morning that when you pray, and pray again and handle with prayer. It's going to rain. Because he says when I open. No man can shut. God will always do the extraordinary things. Through ordinary men. Through men without names. Through men we despise. Through women. Maybe when I say men. I should say here. I'm talking about human beings. So let me be using it this way. Through women who pray. <laughs> Through men and women who believe in the Lord. If you consider yourself ordinary like me. Elijah was ordinary like you. Joseph was ordinary like you. In fact, he had to be sold. Amen. He had to be sold into Egypt. And the Lord still fished him out and used him. There's nothing that can stop the Lord from using you. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants you to pray. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God wants you to pray because he's ready to turn things around in your life. He's ready to, 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 to make situations turn around for your good. Because in Romans it says, for all things, all things. And he continued to say, whether good or what? Or bad. They connive for your good. Maybe you thought 
that letter you received from your workplace was working against you. Maybe you thought that situation that was happening in your life was working against you. But all things, they connive to work together for your good. You ought to pray. It doesn't matter. What you need to do is to pray. Like that poor widow, he continuously bashed the judge. Like that shameless neighbor, he continuously knocked on the door of his friends. And all things were given to him. There's a turnaround. When we pray, the Lord hears. Amen. When we pray, the Lord honors his word. When we pray, the Lord honors his word. And he's here reminding us that he will honor his word. He will honor his word in your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.